Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, the Loose Units spin-off where every week during the quarantine, Dad and I have a bit of a phone call, and you get to listen in like the big pervs you are. Now, because it's a phone call, I thought this week I would actually do the phone call thing. So now you all get to listen in. As the phone call begins, here we go. Hi, mate. How are you? I'm good, Dad. How are you? Bloody great. Oh, that's nice. You're on... Well, the episode's happening right now, by the way. You're in it. Oh, really? Oh, that's uh, that's exciting. I love spontaneity. Yeah, sure. I can tell. But the thing is, Paul, um, I'm... Can you, you know where I am, don't you? Uh, look, I hope the listeners... Same place as I was last week. Right. I mean, I haven't been here all week, obviously, because I, you know, I do have a life outside of sitting in my ute. Sure you do. But I've... Um, I'm sitting in my. T- t- I mean, I shouldn't really say the brand. No, you know what, got... Dad? You know what? No, because we're not getting any sponsorship. Yeah, from... screw them. Let's the not big, give them any. The big, the big T. Yeah. But it's a it's a Ute. I love my Ute, and um, mm. and I've actually done something a bit weird. I'm sitting in the car park within the complex, within the building, within the street, within the suburb, within the city. Mm-hmm. And um, God, <laughs> that sounded ridiculous. You okay? Um. <laughs> What do you mean? Am I okay? I'm great. But the thing is, I've actually. Um, can you notice a bit of a? Does it? Is, does the sound sound better? Like less echoey? Yeah, well, I, well, are you going to tell me you've got some new technique for recording in the? In I the have, room? yeah. Because what I've done, I've got my blue sloppy Joe, uh-huh. and I've um, I've I wound the window down a bit, then connected the sloppy Joe to the window, then wound it back up, so to create this sort of dead zone. You've got a little, you got some baffling in there, some soundproofing. Yeah, baffling. Oh, that's very... I've also lo- yeah, well, I've also lowered the visor. But the weird thing is that when people actually look over at the ute, they'll, they'll think it's super weird. Right, like there's some um, man in his ute masturbating furiously and you want to keep that from, from everybody. Sorry, that, sorry, listeners, for saying masturbating furiously. I'm really happy that you've sort of upped your game a little bit. And listeners may actually notice some more sound-related goodness because obviously because of the quarantine... Dad and I can't get into the same studio and chat and be face-to-face. So we've got a microphone, like a proper podcasting mic, being sent to Dad right now. So fingers crossed, the next episode that you hear of the you know regular Loose Units episodes will be the first episodes to be recorded long distance. You That's won't exciting. Ha- yeah, you, won't, you probably won't have to hide in your, in your ute anymore. Although I must admit, it's, it's incredibly cozy. Oh, sure. It's like a little um, cocoon, you know. It's a cocoon. Um... It's sort of like quarantine within quarantine within quarantine. Oh, like Russian nesting dolls. Yeah. No, I get you. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to give a, um, a very quick shout out to uh, friends of the show, Blue Falcon Radio. So it's basically three 
uh, police officers over in Nebraska, uh, Benjamin, oh, Ty, wow. and Zach. Yeah, and they they catch up regularly to chat about all kinds of stuff. And um, so, if everyone should head across and you know give them a listen if they can. How lovely! And also, yeah, a, a quick shout out to all our other listeners. You have been just the wind beneath our bloody wings during this quarantine. Really, Dad and I have mm. been talking off mic about how much this specific spinoff has kind of helped our. I would say. Mental health is that a fair is that a fair thing yeah, to say? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's helped my mental health because everyone experiences you know highs and lows. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm sort of I'm sort of as people know not a half full glass or half empty. I'm my glass is continually overflowing. Well, you've just got water cupped in your hands and it's it's pouring out constantly. I'm just drinking from a bird bath during a full moon. I'm, I like to kind of pivot that way. Speaking of listeners, Asha, one of our listeners, sent us in a really great question, Dad, which uh, is kind of a great question which hasn't been asked before and here it is does john have any regrets from his time as a first responder police or fire like missing big events with family or that sort of thing uh no (laughs) fuck you (laughs) no no i mean you know i mean i wouldn't call christmas or birthdays exactly high intense adrenaline i mean they're nice Mm. obviously and they're important i don't think that's no no i don't think that's what asher was asking no i understand but the thing is if, if I had it to choose between, and I'm probably going to cop some flack here, but hey, you know. But the thing is, if I had a choice yeah. to go to something really massive, like like a, some type of disaster, yeah. but hopefully a disaster where you could say no one passed away, yeah, yeah. and then I had a choice to be there sort of unwrapping presence. I mean, the presence can wait, but that hopping into an appliance or a fire, you know, like a police car yeah. or, or an ambulance and driving under siren is incredibly exciting. And here's something, Paul, that you, I'm not sure whether I've mentioned this, but sometimes when we would go as police or even fire, is it more so police, definitely more police, mm-hmm. we'd go to a major incident. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the ambos had to, they're all working on the people, but we still had to get to the hospital and something I may never have told you, Paul, is that I actually got to drive ambulances under siren with two paramedics in the back working on people. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Really? Incredible. Yeah. Hang on. It's not a, it's not a rare occurrence no, for but, police no, Dad, but listen. to drive the... Yep. Do you have first aid training? Do you technically have first aid training? Like Paul, you know I was a St. John's Ambulance cadet. I didn't know that. How do people... Yes, not... you did. No, I didn't, you dingus. Listen, what's happening really? here? No, because, Dad, what's happening is I've been trying to get you the EGOT of emergency services, you know, where you're a policeman, firefighter, and an ambulance driver. Technically, <clears throat> you've got the St. John's Ambulance training, and you've driven an ambulance under siren while people work. I have, there. yeah, and a few occasions, but I think you'll find quite a few police... Um, across Australia um, have, I mean, there are many, many situations where, I mean, think about it. Uh, A person requires life-sustaining support Uh by one paramedic, sometimes by two, um, because if they're doing CPR the old way, there was cardiac compression and mouth-to-mouth. Now, two people need to do that. So if they're both doing that, but they need to get the person to hospital, it's fairly logical um someone needs to, to get drive. a police officer to um to, to drive to uh, you know the, the the big um and back in the day when i was in the um in the police force the fire uh, the the ambulance uh you know the ambulance vehicles yep. were um a lot of them were um the big f100s what does that mean same as the, the same as the paddy wagon with a big 350 ford motor so and they're automatic yeah. so you'd sort of hop in and it was like hopping into just you know, the same vehicle with with different badges, different coloured lights, yeah. uh, sort of red lights as opposed to blue lights. And yep. 
you know, they'd say to you, um, look, we need to hot foot it to such and such a hospital. And because, let's face it, it had, on the balance of probabilities being in the police force, you would have attended a major incident in your area, so you know where all the hospitals are mm. and, you, and you know the quickest and safest way. So, But it was just slightly unnerving to drive a fire engine. Oh, fuck, fire engine. That's the problem with having done all these different jobs, uh, to drive an ambulance, yeah. knowing that there were two paramedics in the back oh, working on a patient yeah. in terms of the way you, 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 you took the corners. Like in a police car, it's just hell for leather, foot to the floor, mm. go as hard as and fast as you can. But in, I mean, in an ambulance, it's, it's sort of a, you know, it's a fine line between getting to the hospital, mm. but also in terms of you've got to get there really, really quickly. Well, someone's basically but, in the back playing very high-stakes Jenga and you can't tip it over. You've got to sort of account for that, all of that. Did you find when you were driving an ambulance that you were driving... Like, how differently were you driving? In the very, ambulance? very differently. Hmm. And what I did on, on a few occasions is I'd get my colleague yep. to give us a police escort. Oh, shit, like clear, so, clear, clear the, um, the traffic clear ahead the of path. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so he or she would be driving... I'd be driving the ambulance partially from memory because I thought, fuck, what a great thing to do because mm. so, it, it was pretty exciting. Knowing that you're really, really performing some incredibly important duty. So I did it, I did it a few times. Um, I did a few car accidents but also did um, a lady um, giving birth. Whoa. And, and then I got the direction uh, on the way to Royal North Shore to actually pull over. We didn't make it to the hospital and they actually delivered the baby in the back of the ambulance. Piss off. Hang on, let's wind back a little bit. Can you talk us through this specific, I'm not going to say case, but can you talk us through your recollections, specific recollections of this of this event? We um, got a call to a, uh, a taxi uh-huh. uh, and there was a lady uh, in the cab and the poor cab driver, he called through to his uh, base yep. and they in turn contact VKG, police radio, police radio contact um, and, and they also notify, obviously, in fact, they also, but more importantly, notify the ambulance because mm-hmm. ambos are more than qualified, like super qualified to to deliver babies. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, 99 times out of 100, I don't know what the stats are, but, you know, a, a lot of babies, let's face it, can be born at home. I mean, l- look at what happens in um, in developing nations in Africa, for example, where you know, the woman just has this desire and she just sort of, sometimes they deliver them into their own hands. Yeah, home births. Isn't that amazing? I've seen... Standing up. No, but I've seen uh, cases where women standing up will drop the baby into there and they'll catch the baby. Um, what? It's, no, it's not baseball, Dad. You can't put a mitt on and just... No, no, you don't. It's, the baby's not thrown to you oh, from someone else. It you, drops down into your hands. But you couldn't, seen... you couldn't expel the baby from you with sufficient force to actually propel it across no. the room, could you? No, okay. The female body is magical, but it's not that magical. So, okay. Mm. So the... <laughs> and then we get the call. The We rock up as sort of as observers to perhaps, um, in this particular case, nighttime, uh-huh. uh, neutral bay to basically really the most important thing we could be doing is maintaining and looking after the traffic situation sure. to create a safe because you know the ladies in the back of the cab she's sort of you know she's lying across um in this particular case a bench seat yeah and you've got two ambos i'm not sure whether because the paramedic thing is a relatively recent phenomenon is it yeah it's not i mean when i was in the police force back in the 1980s to be a paramedic and to have a paramedic, they, they were pretty rare. 
they were a rare breed, and the, and the paramedics they they were able to administer some really really heavy duty drugs, um, which normal ambos weren't allowed to do. But that's of course changing incredibly. It's evolving, and so it should, um, because first responders, um, you know, in, in particularly in terms of pain management. Mm. Um, I don't know whether you've ever broken a limb, but you know I've had a few serious breaks, and the pain is oh, hang on, no, it's you, so bad. You know about you know I've broken a limb. Remember my nose? That was three. oh, your nose with the, the bullies that um yeah 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 whole thing. That's another story. Yeah, yeah. but um so we rock up. Um, I'm the senior man, and you know I'm sort of directing, getting my colleague to direct traffic and set up a safe zone, um, so that the you know the ambos. Can, can work so one's sort of at her at her feet you know obviously that's what that's the the business end uh in terms of the birth the but then end. what happens is the off-ramp well that's, yeah well that's where the baby's going to come from well hopefully um, so yeah, yeah. hopefully so it'll be really weird if you had say a foot coming out of her mouth i mean that'd be surreal well that would imply she'd eaten a baby and not given birth to one and that's a different that's, right. that's a police matter that's, really that's definitely a police matter um, and then, but we're relatively close to Royal North Shore. That's the hospital that, where I was born. Uh, yeah, and that's the hospital that we were told um, was where we had to get to. So, but it was starting to sort of unfold fairly rapidly. So they, the ambos, um, you know, they get the stretcher, they get her into the back of the ambulance. They both go into the back of the ambulance. They say, "Look, can can one of you drive?" So I drive. My mate is in front. With the blue lights, we've got the red lights. They had, they had to give me a crash course um, on how to operate, uh, you know, all, all the lights and sirens. And we didn't have to use the siren, which is great, because that when they can, they don't like to use siren, because that can actually traumatise the, the people in the back. Well, on the other hand, you didn't get to press the siren button and have fun with the siren. which No, is... but I had the lights on. Oh, okay. That's... And, I ne- and I needed to know where, and I also had to know how to operate the radio, Sure. because they weren't in a position. You know, they didn't have, um, like, walkie-talkies back then. Mm. Like, the only way they could communicate with their base was in the front. And, and from memory, they also used Motorola, which is the systems we used to use throughout most of the emergency services. Sponsor. So as we're heading to Royal North Shore, one of the guys shouts out to me. He said, it, it's, it's happening. So then I have to kind of dip my lights, flash my colleague in front. Otherwise, can you imagine he keeps going to the hospital? He arrives at Royal North Shore and there's no one with him, yep. which, would be, which would be weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we found a really, really safe spot on uh, the freeway, on, on sort of an overpass. And... Um, I sort of came around and, and then I, I, I witnessed um, the baby being born, which is incredible. What was your role and during that? Did you, were you just standing by taking photos or, you know? Look, they did ask me to, to cut the umbilical cord, but no, I'm joking. But I've always wanted to do that, but yeah, no. Well, didn't happen that night. Okay, so the baby's born, and then you're on the side of the road. What happens then? Do you call another well, cab? I, I reached over. I actually reached over to her because I could see it was a boy. Yeah. And I actually said, "Look, um, John would be a really good name." If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do 
not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Now, if that's true... Um, it's not true. Oh, God damn it. You can't I've always wanted that. to say that. Right. Yeah. I mean, you gave... But it is a pretty cool name. It's all right. You gave us all monosyllabic names because you were worried that a, sh- that a long name next to a long surname like Verhoeven would look unwieldy. And, Dad, I've come to the conclusion that Paul doesn't suit me. So, it, Are you joking? Yeah, I'm not a big fan. Paul's, Paul's a wonderful name. It's, I mean, I, I, it's look, very, you know... Uh, I want something strong and decisive. It's got nothing to do with you. It's got nothing to do with you, Paul. It's, it's, you're out of the picture. It's the parents. I don't know. I feel like I could go to the, yeah. reg- go to the registry some office. people do change their names, which I think... Look, unless it's a silly name... Uh, and then, I mean, it's a subjective topic, so, you know, what is silly? So, you would prefer I pick a deliberately silly name than a cool name, which I think is better than the name you picked. Is that correct? I I think it's a little bit of a... Mm, I, I, your mother and I put a lot of thought into naming your kids. Did you? And, uh, <laughs> are you joking? <laughs> I think it was just like, you I just mean, went, eh, it's like, they're very... They're no, very, oh, no. I think you found Paul, it in. Paul's a lovely name, and so is... Mark and so's and I just think they're so, little. They're little. Beep, they're little. I want something. And, and my and, and my for the listeners who are probably not that interested, but my middle name's Francis. Yeah, so is mine. And your middle name's Francis, and yeah. I think that's a pretty cool name. Francis McDormand. That's such anyway, a good Francis. I think the the upshot here is that you got to be there for the birth of a baby, and I wish I was called Jack or Flynn. But, you know, that didn't happen, so I'm just going to have to go with Paul, which sounds like something like soft and wet falling down a stair and stopping halfway. Paul, mm, well, you and I like it. John sounds like an axe cutting through a tree. John! It's very, like, aggressive and sexy. Paul is like, Paul, it's just this damp little squib. And Paul I'm... Newman? Paul Newman is different. Paul Newman's a god, and I will never achieve his levels of greatness, and that's fine, although I, I do hope to have my own salad dressing someday. Dad, <clears throat> the question from Asha was really interesting, and first of all, well done on achieving your emergency services EGOT. We're going to have to have some sort of award ceremony later. But her question was, did you miss any big events? Now, now one of the formative things 
in, at least in terms of you know film and literature and all that stuff that apparently father and son do is uh, play catch. Now, obviously, you weren't a big sports guy, and I wasn't. You know, I was a bit of an unco, so that never happened. But you and I played catch for the very first time. I think Christmas Day about three years ago. You were down in Melbourne with Mum, and we were with Tegan's family, and we were in the park at the uh, Botanic Gardens in Melbourne. And at one point, they were playing outdoor cricket and you and I were kind of rolling our eyes because that's really not our scene. And then we started kind of throwing the ball to each other. And I realized, and I don't know if you had this same moment, Dad, but I had a real emotional pang of like, oh, shit, I think people are watching us play catch for the first time. (laughs) Paul, that didn't affect me like that at all. Oh, great. Thanks for that. Sorry. I feel very... (laughs) No, but we, we do things with you kids. I mean, you know, I tried to get you into pressing flowers. Is that seriously? Well, Anne liked it, and we figured you might like it too. But... Sure. No, you know what? I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not like super masculine, but at the same time, there's nothing wrong with flowers. I mean, my whole wardrobe is an explosion of floral prints. Anyway, mm. I guess Plus, you know. I mean, I mean, we you, you loved uh, painting and drawing and stuff like that. Oh, very, very artsy. But did at any point I do, I have these vague memories of being at the fire station and having seen inside. A fire station. So uh, what I would like to ask, and you, you can't lie about this, this needs to be completely honest because we're on the mic right now. Did you at any point ever let me ride along in the fire engine? No, but you and your sister, remember that incredible time that a mate of mine in the Highway Patrol came along? Do you remember that? You said that one of your friends in the Highway Patrol let us ride in the back of a pursuit car. Now, just to clarify, Correct. was it just him and Anne and me? Or and me. And you were there. I was, I was next to him, and he was an incredible pursuit driver. Yeah. And um, for those mainly police out listening to this, and as their eyes roll back and we can see the whites of their eyes thinking, what the fuck is he about to say and how incredibly irresponsible, yes, I concur and agree, but hey, you know, these podcasts have always been brutally honest. Yeah. And it was a weeknight. My mate rocks up. He was in a uh, 5.8 litre Falcon, like a really, you know, red hot Highway Patrol pursuit car. And these things, they they, they, they flew. And um, I, I said to him, I said, look, you know, um, I'm just trying to think how old you were. You would have been, I reckon you would have been maybe six or seven. And Anne was probably five, oh and we we strapped you into the back seat, and you two were just because you knew about police cars. Yeah, I mean all kids, you know, they know that it's exciting and the blue lights, and it was just so. And I, and to be honest with you, I was excited too because as a general duties police officer, then later plain clothes forensics, etc., we did not ever get to go into. Um, you, you just didn't get to sit into you know in a highway patrol car, but. Surely, um, you'd surely at some point you had showed your children, you know, your uniform, and you'd maybe like. Did you ever let us you, kind you of? You kids, you kids had sat in numerous police cars. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. numerous on, on many, yeah. many occasions. You come to the police stations, and I may have shown you, may have even locked you in a cell, and you know, like, on a Sunday arvo quiet time. Oh, well, if you, you know, lock, if you lock your children in a cell on a Sunday over, that's fine. It's completely No, that's different. okay. Yeah, and, sure. And, you know, without other crims, you know. But look, you know, my, my dear, dear friend who I remember really, he was such a nice guy. Yeah. Um, he, you know, it was kind of a, he just said, yeah, cool. And um, he was in, in all his gear, you know, in all his finery. Yeah. And um, 
because he was also a bike police officer. Oh, bicycle. He had leg- or... he, motorbike. Okay. Like the big, the big Kawasaki Z one thousands and the big, the big gear. Yeah. But he also, because though he was a bike officer as well, he had leggings. Do you know what leggings are? Are they like, like a, are a, they like almonds but for legs? No, no, they're sort of like black patent leather, and they go from just under the under the knee down to the boot. They really, really. You see them. You see them on the mounted police. They they wear them like uh, they're called a legging, mm. and they're leather, and they have a peaked cap, but it's soft leather. The reason it's soft leather yeah. is that they have to be able to fold it up and put it into their pannier on the motorbike. Yeah. But then, if 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 it's inclement weather or whatever, they also um, obviously drive pursuit cars as well. So he was a bike officer, but he dressed as the bike, and they had like jodhpurs, like it was a. Your description's really good, but you said a pointed hat. Now I'm picturing a guy in a tri-corner hat with jodhpurs. Is he a highwayman? He sounds very... Okay, differently. When you describe these officers uh, on the highway patrol bikes, I'm almost picturing Arnie in Terminator 2 with a hat. Like, just, you know, black black leather, yeah. No, stunning. And another thing that the highway patrol bike riders used to... um, used to get to wear that no other police did, mm-hmm. they were the first police to wear leather jackets. And they were and they didn't have a cloth insignia, like the New South Wales Police Force insignia is really, really it's 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 a it's a cracker. Yeah. It's got this um it's like an eagle with a snake in its mouth. It's it's just you know, it's colourful, it's it's really nice. And um, the higher patrol that were on bikes in all types of weather they needed, like, the leather jacket was relatively waterproof, but their patch was plastic. Right. How's that? That's really cool. So, so it was an actual, it was a copy of of the of the beautiful uh, hand-stitched insignia. And, in, and speaking of insignia, Paul, yeah. police officers all over the world, uh, a lot of them, collect insignias from other, other countries. You know what we need? We need a loose unit's insignia we need we need to oh, actually that'd be great. we need to have that'd a design that incorporates you and me and you know a siren or we, we need yeah we need an insignia and then we can get that so leather jackets and you know that'd be, I'd, I'd wear it i'd wear it too i'd wear it too and i'd really like to get us I'd, I'd love a bumper sticker because i'd have it all over my ear <laughs> just cover it and, and, I, and historically i'm not really into into bumper stickers but I mean, people see them. I think a loose unit's going to be pretty nifty. So anyway, what happened was you kids were in the back, and I remember looking back at you, and you were just your eyes were like saucers, and you were, and you were really look. Fuck, it's it's you know, and and we we went for a drive in the, in the uh, pursuit car. That's really exciting. That's really exciting. I think what look, I'm really happy to find that even though I don't remember it, I was involved in some of this stuff. Like I was physically there in the vehicles. But you're saying, did I ever get to even climb up on top of a fire engine and sit inside it? Most definitely. Okay. Okay. 100%. I have no memory of it, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe... I'll yeah. try and dig up a photo. I'll try and dig something up. Hey, here's, a, here's a question, and this is for you and for the listeners. Dad, if you and I are in the same city at any point, you know, after this quarantine, and we happen to be near a uh, fire station, and there's a listener who happens to work at that fire station, and that listener decides to maybe let us sit in the truck and maybe take us for a drive, would you be up for that? Well, they definitely won't take us for a drive. Oh, why not? No, that's can, super. Oh, come no on, way. no. But, but, we can we can put on some overalls and pretend we make a wish. No, <laughs> cannot do it. But we can sit in the fire engine, right. in the appliance. What if we sit on the bonnet in uniforms? And there you... is no bonnet. What, it just shears off of the window? It does. Oh, it does. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> God, uh, Paul? 
Uh, back in the 1930s, yeah. perhaps there was a bonnet. I'm just picturing the old yeah. truck, so maybe we can like hover three feet in front of the windscreen. I'm just saying maybe people want a calendar. It's not a big ask. Um, mm. Well, look, this has been a really enjoyable and surprising episode of Loose Units, Loose Ends, but we'd actually like to close out just by acknowledging the tragic passing of four Victorian police officers. Now, they died on the Eastern Freeway in a really terrible incident, and we didn't want to dwell on it as it's obviously still... Like, it's literally unfolding right now, but what we wanted to do was just have everyone listening take a moment to consider the lives of these very brave people and just let you know that our thoughts are with their families and their friends and their loved ones. Mm. And also, Paul, on that note, um, for the listeners, I don't know whether the listeners know, but I try and have every second day uh, news free. Yes. During this whole pandemic, I'm, I'm really trying to look after my mental health mm-hmm. by just not, not continually... And just before I went to bed last night, I looked and there was the the incident unfolding with the four officers, uh, the female senior constable, uh, a male senior constable and two constables, yes. four of them. And this thing's unfolding as we speak. And it's, 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 but the thing is, I thought to myself, should I tell Christine? Because we're both ex-police. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I was so upset last night that I didn't tell Christine. And then I mentioned it to her that we were going to, um, you know, make mention and send our, our condolences through to Victorian Police Force and everyone involved and all other police, you know, and it's making national, international news as well. I read about it on the BBC. You know, it's, 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 it's a terrible but, you know, these amazing police out there and all the emergency services that just really do put their lives on the line. It's not a throwaway comment. It's real. Yeah, it's all it's all very new and very fresh and it's all unfolding. But basically, Dad and I really just want to, you know, send lots of love out to those people affected and people in the emergency services who are, you know, really feeling this very keenly. We just wanted to say thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to this show. Thank you for being with us because you are keeping us sane during this period as much as we are hopefully helping you keep sane this spin-off has really become this kind of new exciting thing that is making us deeply happy every week i i know i'm speaking for both of us but i just it's been such such a joy to have something else to talk about every week it's led to wonderful yeah it's led to really strange interesting things that i just didn't like i didn't know that you drove ambulances how like that that story wouldn't have come out if we hadn't sat down today over the phone and had a chat so well, that's another episode of Loose Units, Loose Ends. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to hop on our Facebook page, head across to facebook.com forward slash loose units and leave us questions because we will answer them. So anything you want Dad and I to talk about, whether it's you know, whether it's the police, the fire brigade, the upcoming book, oh, and pre-orders for the book uh, opening very soon. Also, if you go to the Facebook page and you live in the United States... We have got a link for where you can go and actually grab a physical copy of Loose Unit. So if you're one of our American listeners, all you got to do is head across to our Facebook page, hit go and grab a copy. Have a great week. Be nice to each other. And we will see you for more Loose Units. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.